Talkie podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Matt. And we are going to talkie some walkies. Yeah. So we have recently watched season eight, episode 10, The Lost and the Plunderers. So, Matt, give your quick rundown on how you felt about this episode. <laughs> this was. Um. A breath of fresh air in the massive poop cloud that is recent Walking Dead history. Um, now, it's not perfect, but I did enjoy it. And after it was done, I actually texted a friend of mine and said, Wow, this was actually a good episode of The Walking Dead. <laughs> Um, there are a couple things like I was really confused by the title cards. I thought that was kind of a dumb choice. It seemed mm-hmm. very random and I knew that it wasn't going to have any significance to the actual narrative <laughs> of the show. When it happened, I was, I, I was literally like, here we go again. Classic walking dead, trying something out and it's not going to pay off. <laughs> um, and it didn't pay off. However, I did like the condensed little uh, um, plots and how they yeah. were how they were sh- showing the narrative. The weak part of it was was Enid in her story, Enid and Aaron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the two of them. I thought this was just. We'll get into it because I have a lot of thoughts about that. But um, yeah. But yeah, I thought I thought it was a really good episode. Stephen Ogg, mm-hmm. MVP, mm-hmm. MVP of this episode. He was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I I can't yeah. stop thinking about that scene with him and Negan in the mm-hmm. office or in that little you know that room, and then that yeah. scene with him and Jadis. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just wow. <laughs> yeah. I want more of that. <laughs> Yeah, I thought this was a really good episode, actually. Um, Similar to you, I noted that I don't really understand the title cards. Um, I think that having cards like that was helpful in breaking the episode into chunks, but it was confusing in terms of what they were labeled with because the first one's Michonne, but what happens isn't clearly focused on Michonne. No. It could go either way with Rick or Michonne. Right. And then Enid gets her card, but she's no more prominent than Aaron yep. in that section. Yeah. Um, you know, Negan gets his card, but he's with Simon, who's doing yeah. just as much of the talking. Uh, what I think would have been better is if they had cards that somehow referenced the time yeah. of when things were happening, because... The episode, well, Walking Dead often tells its stories in a nonlinear fashion, but I had to sit, I had to think about it for a moment after the episode was over to see if it checked out in Mm -hmm. terms of the timing. And I think it did because I was like, wait a second. So, you know, uh, Negan got handed the walkie with Rick on it. And that was at such and such a time. And, but in the beginning of the episode, when Rick and Michonne first showed up at the trash people's place, the trash people had already been killed and turned into walkers. So, like, I was just trying to figure out if all the pieces felt fit in the timeline. Yeah. And, of course, it's a little hard to tell because, again, we don't have a sense of place and knowing how right. far apart everything is. But I think it did work. And I was aided in recognizing which things happened at which times because they were broken up by those cards. Yeah. So. Well, the um, I could think of many episodes where where title cards of location and time would have been even more useful than this episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I feel like The Walking Dead does this where they'll implement some sort of artistic creative choice like this felt very Quentin Tarantino to me. Mm-hmm. But not executed like Quentin Tarantino would. Mm-hmm. Um and then next week they won't do anything like this again. Like this was a one and done. 
Right. Um, and I find like I find they do that, and it get it's kind of confusing because it jars you when it happens, and it gets you thinking. Yeah. It's it's useful if it if it had some sort of narrative significance. Right. But it just it just didn't. Yeah, my first thought was, oh, these title cards are representing each person's reaction to Carl's death. Because the first okay. ones were shown, and yeah. I was like, okay. But then it didn't work from yeah, there on Simon? out. You know? <laughs> Jadis? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I did think it was a good episode, and, and I agree that um, Simon was the, the MVP um, this, the scene between him and Jadis was definitely one that, uh, I felt like had a level of, of tension that we haven't really seen on the walking dead for a while. Yeah. Um, they pulled it off with characters that we just do not care about. Right. Yes. And, yeah. um, you know, we, well, we'll get into this, but the trash people, they still don't make sense, but mm-hmm. they at least tried. Yeah. And thank the Lord, Jadis has broken character. I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the episode, the rest of it could have been complete garbage, but her finally breaking character at least gets two points from me. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry what you did there with garbage. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's take it from the top. First section is supposedly the michonne section yeah and uh we got rick and michonne by carl's grave rick has a little moment where he puts his gun on the grave as if he's you know giving up the fight in honor of carl but then he picks it back up like uh, psych yeah (laughs) he's like he's like all right carl i'll do it for you wait no that's stupid (laughs) just kidding yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, we can't do that. <laughs> Suicide. So I think the big thing to talk about from this section is Michonne noticing that the gazebo is burning down and then Rick and Michonne going to put it out. And I would like to point out before that, I yeah. really, I mean, of course. She's an incredible actress, but I thought she did a really good job in the openings, uh, the opening sequence of this episode where she was looking at the fingerprints, even though I didn't really know what the fingerprints meant. Like, I don't mm-hmm. I can't remember if someone if Carl and and uh, uh, what's her name? Asked Judith. Her. Yeah, Judith. If they did fa- finger painting. I don't know if I've ever seen that happen, but the um, the scene with Michonne just kind of like emoting. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Yeah, yeah, it was good. This actually raises the issue of another motif that runs throughout this episode, which is the blue paint. And right. I, I don't, I still don't know what that means or what to make of it. Uh, but this is the first place that it appears. Yeah. And I assumed that that was Carl and Judith's handprints. And I was trying to remember if in the last episode we saw them doing that because there was that scene where the two of them were hanging out and they took Carl took the Polaroid of the two of them. And right. I can't remember if putting their handprints down was part of it, but mm-hmm. it might have been. Yeah. So thoughts on the gazebo? Well... I don't remember Carl ever sitting on that gazebo. <laughs> I remember Carl sitting on a on a specific house eating pudding with Michonne. I remember that too, yes. That's the only time I've ever seen Carl sit on a house or a structure. But evidently, this gazebo has held Carl's butt numerous times. And Michonne is aware of this. Maybe he was eating pudding there, too. I don't know. (laughs) What do you think? Well, I'm laughing because I knew that I I didn't remember seeing Carl ever use that gazebo. But I figure, well, there's lots that Carl has done that we've never seen, you know. So that didn't really 
register with me as an issue, but initially I was like, oh boy, here we go. Things that don't make sense, you know. <laughs> they're they're going to put out the fire on a gazebo that is already ruined in a place that they can no longer stay, and they're going to risk their lives doing this. You know, this is like Sadiq with, you know, putting down the walkers and risking life and limb for this. Like, yeah. why are we putting ourselves in such harm's way yep. for this? However, when I watched it the second time and I really tried to put myself in their shoes... I could understand it a little bit more. With the grieving? Yeah, it's part of the grieving process to want to preserve anything connected to the deceased. Totally. All of a sudden, like, something that may never have had significance to you, like, I don't know, some sweatshirt that they wore or something like that, it just feels like losing that is losing a part of them. Mm -hmm. And so, although on first watch I was kind of rolling my eyes, on second watch, I thought if I'm if I'm honest about the way human nature is and mm-hmm. the way I felt when loved ones have passed away, um, this is not too much of a reach. Yeah, so. I'm with you there. Yeah, I I actually gave it the pass when I was watching it um, because I've seen them do this thing for less. Yeah, so it felt real that michonne even though i was like when has carl ever sat on this thing (laughs) even though that was like my thought i could see why michonne would just run after it like no we need it just made sense in the moment i was kind of with her emotionally right um but side note about alexandria it's not burnt down if you looked around things were definitely standing uh, there was a lot still standing. Yeah. yeah, more so than I expected. Yeah. Also, Morgan built that 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 prison. Yeah. Back in season six or something. Six. Yep. There's five. Um, they're gonna use that. Yeah. They're. De- I mean, they would be. Re- they would be so stupid if they didn't. If they didn't use it. Not only that, but in the comics, well, that prison's important in the comics. <laughs> I mean, it has gotten used a little bit. But it's it should be getting used a lot of it soon. <laughs> I mean, I think that it makes sense. I think it still serves a purpose, even if it never does anything more. Because it was an extension of Morgan's philosophy. Like, you know, we don't we don't kill people here. We'll lock them up, you know, yeah. it, rather than kill them. And I think, wasn't that wolf yeah. guy in there for a kind while? Of. And that was, that was Morgan's doing? Yeah. I feel like they're doing this with Rick, though. They're giving, they're transferring the Morgan-ish philosophies over to Rick. Mm-hmm. For this mercy stuff, and mm-hmm. the um, the prison's going to have a lot a lot to do with that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Rick, when they're he and Michonne are driving out of Alexandria, Rick says, "What do you think he meant in regard to Carl?" You know. Stop fighting the saviors. Just surrender to Negan. And Michonne says, well, maybe we should read his letter. Mm. Which is a reasonable suggestion. Right. But uh, Rick's like, not now. I can understand uh, why. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Michonne notices that Carl has written a letter to Negan. Which... I thought was interesting. I felt like it was going to happen because he was writing all those letters in the last episode. And he and Negan have a special connection. Not so much in the show, which I'm kind of bummed about. Because in the comics, it's just like their connection is... It's strange. It's weird, but it like it works, you know? Mm -hmm. And I really thought they were going to do something with that in the show. Obviously, they didn't. 
um, which is a shame because this the end of this scene the, the end of this episode would have had a lot more weight if they did. Hmm. Um, I think they're still trying to utilize the relationship from the comics in the TV show to get that weight at the end of the episode, which just doesn't work as well. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think just the under my understanding of that made me think, oh yeah, uh, Negan will get a letter as well. Yeah. So Rick says that they've got to go talk to Jadis because he knows that they're going to be a target for Negan now because, of course, they went to the sanctuary and were on his side and got shot at and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So they go to the landfill and they walk through the entrance and all this trash comes down and then suddenly they're surrounded by walkers. Did you realize in this moment that those walkers were all trash people? I had two thoughts. One was it's the trash people and they're all dead or they are the saviors that were dead and the trash people are using them hmm. to rush uh, Michonne to Rick. Also, they used another Quentin Tarantino thing in this. They did the crash zoom on Michonne's okay. face, <laughs> which also felt jarring. Just random. I didn't even notice that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. What does that mean? Like, you like, zoom in really fast yeah, all of a sudden? Yeah, the, the, like, sudden crash zoom on their face. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, no, I think I can see it in my mind's eye now. Yeah, Tarantino uses it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so does well, The Office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Parks That's and Rec. True. Yeah. So... Then the next title card is Negan, and we're at the sanctuary, and uh, Negan's talking on a walkie, and he's saying that he, you know, he wants the people to keep looking for the Alexandrians, because none of them have been found. Um, and he says something about how Carl must have had an escape plan, or Carl played me, or something like that, and his response to that less than anger is admiration mm-hmm. for for Carl which I thought was a nice uh, and sad moment because yeah. of course we know that he's gone and Negan doesn't and then we have the exchange between Simon and Negan where uh, Simon and Negan's different philosophies on things are coming to a head and Simon wants to go and take out all the garbage people because they have triple crossed uh negan mm-hmm. and negan is adamant that there's still a resource so all you need to do is just take out one and the rest will fall in line yeah and uh simon says something like these people can't learn their lesson no matter how many times we teach it maybe we need to learn our lesson and find other communities to save yeah and quote unquote save yes yeah. And uh, this really sets Negan off. Mm-hmm. And he says that killing everyone to solve the problem is the easy way. Yeah. And he says, once I clip Rick, then everything else will fall into place. Right. So this is the first time we see Simon's or any of the lieutenant's skepticism of Negan's philosophy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool because... Um, you're seeing, starting to see cracks in the uh, in the kingdom, or not the kingdom, but Negan's kingdom, that yes. the people under him don't even necessarily buy into his philosophies themselves. Yet they're right. going along with it. But right. for how long? Yeah. And they have this whole, like, I am Negan uh, cultish kind of mentality, but you get this vibe that Simon's kind of above it all. Mm -hmm. Like he's kind of, he's kind of hip to um, maybe the underground saviors community, Mm -hmm. but they don't really do anything with that in this episode. So yeah, can't really say, but he made a good point. They should cut their losses with everyone. Right. Right. The whole idea that Negan says, which he said multiple times, that they are saving people is so odd to me because 
like, wait, how? You know, I guess it's the idea that if you're producing for the sanctuary, then, like, Negan's protection is on you. Or... Because I, I don't understand what everybody else gets out of the deal or how they're saved by Negan. They just end up getting used and... Yeah, we never see a community in which they're, like, they're benefiting from being saved. Right. It would be interesting if there was, like, what if the garbage people were literally, like, they've saved us. <laughs> and yeah. they're continuing to save us, and that's why we're not working with you, because they're good. Like, yeah. Negan's great. He's never killed us. We don't even know who Lucille is. Who's Lucille? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but... Yeah, we. Yeah, it's never happened. There, I think there is a parallel in history here, in the Dark Ages. I think it was like the whole feudal society. Or am I right about this? I don't even remember. Like <laughs> where there was, there have been times in history where you you like produced for somebody who had more power, some sort of lord, and it was because in turn you got protected by them, and. Um, you would end up with these areas where there was no real centralized government. It was just competing lords. Mm. Um, yeah, the barons. Yeah, and people basically paying tribute to whoever the lord is. Right. Yeah, I don't even know when that was. There's also a connection with the mafia. Right, well, that was my other thought, which is like with the mafia... It's, we will protect you from us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Which others is, like us. Yes, yeah. Like, if you're in our neighborhood, no other family's going to come and torture you. But if you don't pay, we will. So... <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of a Saturday Night Live sketch about Kim Jong-un's pizza delivery service. I've never it's seen like, it. <laughs> your pizza in 20 minutes. Or we kill you. <laughs> Guaranteed. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, some guys come in and they've got a delivery from Hilltop, which is the box with one of the prisoners of war in it that Maggie had killed. The guy that had attacked Jesus back in episode two, I think it was. And yeah, they open the box. Deegan puts the walker uh, out, and then Simon is really adamant, oh, I know, that's Dean, you know, he was from my post, and uh, those 38 other guys are my guys, and he, he once again is renewed in his his opinion that they've got to just start taking out these people. Right. And Negan gets even more forceful, and he's like, you will do your job. Mm-hmm. So... I I love this. Yeah, I mean, same. I think the whole tension between Negan and Simon is good drama, and mm-hmm. obviously, it we know it gets even better before the episode is over. Yep. And I'm very curious to see where it's going to go from here. Same. So, next title card is Enid, and I agree with you that this is the weakest part of the episode. Um. I mean, there's not a lot to say, except that this is probably Enid's biggest moment so far in the series in terms of um, standing up and asserting herself and asserting a particular course of action. She seems quite bold for having just killed this girl's grandmother, you know? I know, right? Your your grandmother got herself killed. Don't make the same mistake. Right. I don't know how effective that would have been. Maybe a little bit more remorse would have uh, would have been better. Yeah, I thought this scene was just classic bad Walking Dead dialogue, mm-hmm. top to bottom. Okay. I don't know why we're supposed. To, are we supposed to empathize with Enid and like agree with her? Like, yeah. She totally made me kill her because that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. Like, can we recap for a second? Her grandmother, Cindy's grandmother, came around the corner to see what was going on because there were people trespassing. 
Well, this is one detail that I think we miss because the lighting was so bad in that episode. But Aaron was on the ground uh-huh. and and uh like the grandmother was about to attack him in some way. Well, she had the gun on him, but she she didn't kill him. She didn't shoot the gun. Right. She just had the gun at like Enid had the choice to just point the gun and tell her to back down. Mm-hmm. She killed her. Right. She killed her. So the fact that she can stand in front of Cindy and basically say, yeah, your grandmother made me do it. And you're going to let us go because you have to. <laughs> it's just just terrible. Is that, that whole scene where she's... She's imploring her to not kill them is both so sad and so silly the way that it's written. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, it, it, it bothered me maybe because it was such a good episode that hmm. this scene reminded me about all the terrible things that I hate about The Walking Dead. <laughs> well, I mean, I felt like put on the spot there. She did make a good case for keeping them alive when she was like, well, if you kill us, they're just going to send more people and you might be able to fight them off. But eventually, you know, you're the ones that are going to lose this. Yeah, I just felt like she didn't have the right to say that, especially Mm -hmm. after the Alexandrians have already come and already taken their their weapons. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that, like, that she was handling that. Um, in a graceful way, but what I'm saying is the argument that she was making, like the brute logic of it, mm-hmm. that you you kill us and actually it's probably going to end up resulting in really bad things for you, was true. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if the goal was just to get out of there alive, it was probably a good thing to say. Yeah, that that part I don't disagree with you. But there yeah. was a lot of other dialogue surrounding those that that argument that um just didn't track for me. Yeah. My my biggest problem with this section was not the dialogue here. My biggest problem was when it ends and Aaron's going to stay. <laughs> yup. And yeah, here's some classic walking dead nonsense. Mm-hmm. Aaron says he's going to stay and then Enid's like but if you go back they'll kill you and then he says I won't go back <laughs> wait so what are you doing and and then, and then he squats behind Enid, the tree <laughs> Enid leaving yeah and he goes and crouches behind a tree like as if he wasn't just standing out in front of that tree for the last five minutes with Enid <laughs> They weren't crouching then, so why is he crouching now? <laughs> Whew, yeah. <laughs> and and the fact that he's like, don't let Maggie come for me. Well, here's the thing, dude. You didn't need to come anyways. Because didn't when they were coming, like when they were going to Oceanside, Oceanside weren't they already fine? Like they were already on the winning track. Right. Hill, hilltop. So, what is he trying to do anyways? He took their guns. <laughs> These people are basically, like, living off of the land. Yeah. What's he going to have them do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Some walking dead nonsense here. <laughs> and, yeah, the crouching behind the tree at the end of it. That's one of those <laughs> things where, like... If you're not really reflecting on what you're watching, you just don't think about it. But then if you're you are paying your attention, you're like this is so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was just out in front of that tree. Yeah. Oh man. And yeah, what's he going to do now? And of course, he still has to eat and stuff. And he's just he's just sitting behind a tree now. He's not going back. Yeah. <laughs> So, and then that this whole is like the, weak part. the the argument between Cindy and Enid as they're walking away, Enid's like, "Yeah, at least we're not going to kill any strangers." <laughs> and she's like, "Well, don't come back." She's like, "We're not." 
just felt really like uh it felt like an argument between like some high schoolers, you know? Well, they are. In an apocalypse <laughs> where this high schooler is leading like a tribe. <laughs> A tribe yes. of ocean Amazons. All right. Next up is the Simon section. Mm-hmm. Simon is going to the landfill with a bunch of people from the sanctuary. And yeah, this I thought was the best scene. Um, yeah, your video froze for a moment there. That's why I stopped talking. Oh. But you can hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Simon goes to the landfill with a bunch of people from the sanctuary. And he says to Jadis, with everybody there, you know, I'm going to need an apology. I know you had a side deal with Rick. Uh, You came with him to the sanctuary arm in arm. And Jadis, I thought, had kind of the most clever response that you could defending yourself. He was, mm-hmm. She was like, no deal with Rick. Delivered him to you. Yeah. And, but Simon, <laughs> I laughed out loud. I when did too. He just, just like, bullshit. <laughs> it was the best. His face. And I like, I liked it because it reflected my feelings towards Jadis and the trash people yeah. the whole time. That that is everything that they do and say. <laughs> And Simon's just like, I'm not going to stand for it anymore. And he, like, inhaled. He was like... (laughs) (laughs) His his body acting in this scene was brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. He was working it all. So Simon says that Negan is graciously willing to forego punishment if you revert to our agreement. Uh, And we're going to be taking all your guns and ammunition... And they protest and say, oh, it's dangerous, you know, and we need our guns. And he says, we'll provide guns when you need them already. And so they take the guns. And I like how Simon is asking some of the questions that we have wondered. You know, he's like, why the dump? Yeah. Uh, It had to be a better place to call home, right? And Jadis has no answer. She's just like, our home. Yeah. Our place. (laughs) Yeah. And then Simon asks, what was this place? What's up with the helipad in the back and the solar panels? Mm-hmm. And Jada seems a little nervous when he says that. And she, she just says, just a dump. And I'm wondering if that's supposed to have any connection to the helicopter that we saw. 110%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you think is oh, going on there? I don't even know. I Yeah. I mean, it's my guess that the helicopter is connected to the garbage people. Uh-huh. But I don't know how significantly. I think it was just I don't know. To be honest, I think it's probably just like a throwaway thing. And I think the solar panels are just to um to power that machine at the end of the episode where she's like killing the walkers really yeah Hmm. i don't think they're really going to do anything with it i hope they do a little bit more because you would think that if they actually had a helicopter that simon wouldn't just be asking about a helipad he'd be asking about a helicopter like where are they hiding a helicopter yeah helicopter should be on the helipad yeah it's true I don't know. But it seems so weird to bring that up if it has no connection to that helicopter. Yeah. I mean, it it most definitely does. Yeah. See how. I want to have faith that they'll actually give us more. (laughs) Because, like, I mean, think about that moment in Uh that episode earlier this season when Rick saw that helicopter. Like, that was a great what-the-heck-is-going-on moment. And Do you remember my... My response to that? You said we're never going to find out anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's about as important to an actual helicopter flying over us right now. <laughs> hmm. Well, I like. I, I guess I have a little bit more faith at this point <laughs> that it's going to amount to something. Yeah. So, yeah, Jadis is just like, it's just a dump. You have our guns. And, of course, she's still talking in her pigeon English. I'm yeah. adding words in there. but And then Simon's like, well, I want to know if you know. And Simon says, I'm not yet feeling the remorse. And Jadis says, there is remorse. And then Simon shoots the kind of creepy-looking guy that's always standing silently by Jadis. Which really upsets Jadis. Uh-huh. And then he... She says again, with, you know, more concern in her voice, there is remorse. Yeah. And then Simon shoots the lady on her other side that's usually up front. And then Jadis gets really upset. She knocks Simon down and she yells, breaking character, because she speaks in a full sentence. Yeah. Uh, there is remorse, you son of a bitch. Yeah. And... I thought that was an incredible moment because mm-hmm. it was like I could I could feel the the rage in totally. Jadis, mm-hmm. and um, and I and I was like, oh my goodness, she's acting like a person. Yeah, I'm so glad she's actually acting like a person. Yeah, I was surprised at how much I responded to this scene because I don't care about Jadis. I kind of care about her now. I don't care at all about her people. Like, mm-hmm. they do nothing for me, and I've never heard them. They've never given me anything to feel connection to them. So, right. The fact that they were shot, I was like, eh. Right. But her response really did uh, do it for me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. So, and then Simon's reaction to getting knocked down. You know, where he's just like, ho, 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 you know. Been waiting for this. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I could I could feel the fear. And that must have been in Jadis. And uh, he yells, mm-hmm. light it up, gents. And you can hear the massacre going on. But you just see Jadis's face looking very distraught. Yeah. Did you think she was going to die? No, but I also thought there's no reason for her not to. So, but I, I did, yeah. I did think they were going to leave her alive. I thought she was going to die. I couldn't think of any reason to keep her alive. If oh, I was I couldn't Simon, think of any reason either. Yeah, like why would you? It's kind of foolish to keep her alive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think if I was blatantly going against my superior. I would make sure that all loose ends were tied up. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with something that extreme. Yeah. Like, Jadis could show her face and say, like, Simon killed all of them. What's right. to stop yeah, her? Yeah, that's a good point. It's kind of foolish. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Right. But at the same time, it's hard to imagine that there would be a situation where Jadis would feel like she was in a place to tattle on say, on uh, Simon because I'm sure she just assumes that Negan's fine with what Simon did. Yeah, yeah, but there's a chance that Negan could actually go to the like if he found out about this, he could mm-hmm. go to the garbage dump to find Jadis. Mm-hmm. You know, and t- and ask her what happened. Yeah, who did this? The only the only reason that I can think of that Simon wouldn't kill Jadis is out of cruelty. Like, mm-hmm. you're alone now, and you'll probably get eaten by one of your people. Mm-hmm. So, that's my best guess. I still don't think it really makes sense, but... Yeah. Yeah. So... Simon goes back to Negan and lies right to his face because mm-hmm. Negan asks how things went. He also Negan also mentions that he hasn't heard back from Gavin, and uh, so he's sent 
a team to go investigate at the kingdom. So you get a sense here that Negan's really losing control yeah. because one of his is, one of his guys is dead along with all the people that he had brought and one of them is totally defying his his orders. And uh yeah, Simon just says when he's asked how it went, he just says message was given, message was received, there was remorse. Yep. Then there was that those glances that he was giving his passenger on the way in, oh, Simon, yeah. do you remember? Yeah. He's kind of looking at Vaguely. him like, don't say anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And I was thinking, if Simon, like, we don't know. This is another walking dead thing. They're keeping us out of the loop. Yeah. We don't know if these uh, saviors are behind Simon. Maybe Simon's given him a speech. Maybe after he did that massacre, he gave him a speech and was like, look, you can't say anything to Negan uh, or whatever. I don't know. It, like, we're, we're so out of the loop with this. Why would a savior keep that, hold that back from Negan unless Simon had threatened him or something? Yeah. But he would have to do I, that to everyone. Right. Yeah. And that will probably... Well, if they're smart, that's the way that Simon will get found out is somebody – because there were a lot of people in that crew. Somebody will tell Negan what he did. I mean I don't think the crew necessarily has reason to think that Simon defied Negan in that moment because they're taking their orders from Simon. So for all they know, that's what Negan told Simon to do. It's – Yeah. I don't don't think they can know that for sure. But whether they think Negan wanted that or not – there's always the chance that one of them, one of the many of them, will say something in Negan's presence that mm-hmm. makes Simon get in trouble. Yeah. Maybe the looks were like, is he going to say something? Is he going to, like, something going to slip? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And it was a reckless move on Simon's part. I don't think it yeah. was a calculated one. I think. No, it was, it was like visceral. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was a rage thing because. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to be <laughs> shaking in his boots for <laughs> for the next couple episodes because yep. you know even if even if nobody in the sanctuary somehow lets Negan know like if he ever wants to talk to the trash people again uh there's no trash people to be found <laughs> yeah then he'd be like all right send a team over to the trash people well right yeah. Um, yeah, Simon's going to die. Do you think it'll be Jadis or Negan? That kills Simon? Yeah. So why are you so sure? That he'll die? Yeah. Uh, it just seems like they would do that. Yeah. Because... He defied Negan. Negan has no reason not to kill him. He will mm-hmm. find out. And when he finds out, his first thing to do is kill Simon. Like, people have gotten Lucille for less. Right. Um, and also, if Jadis ever comes into contact with him, she's going to want to kill him. So, I don't know. I just don't want Simon to die. I don't either. Yeah. Like... He's incredible. They've got a. I just hope that they keep whatever drama they're they've orchestrated here for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if he dies next episode, it's gonna be like ah, oh, that regular habit that they have of creating something interesting and then destroying <laughs> it. Yep. I think my favorite example of that this season is bringing back Morales for about two minutes of bad dialogue and then having <laughs> Daryl just shoot him. Yeah. A moment seven years in the making. <laughs> Morales is back. Right. <laughs> um, and, yeah, the, the scene, the Negan, or, yeah, the Simon section ends with Rick is on the walkie and uh, Negan being told that Rick is on the walkie. So the Jada section, we see Rick and Michonne, um, where we left off 
with them last time, and they are hacking their way through the trash people who we recognize now that the walkers are the trash people. Yeah. And, um, not much mystery there. Yeah. So Jadis is sitting up on a pile of stuff and can I just say, I realized in this moment that she was barefoot and I like, I had a, reaction of distress in my own body thinking about that like just (laughs) walking through piles of rubbish and like not like food but yeah metal and with bare feet yeah it's crazy she hasn't always been barefoot has she no and i was confused like why she was wearing what she was wearing right like it it (sighs) looks like they they like took her clothes. Oh, you know, my God. Do you yeah. think they? Do you think they raped her? I was wondering that. Yeah, because she was, she was clothed, and she has boots that she wears. Right, right. I mean, at the very least, it seems like they took all of her her clothes as a way of humiliating her. If the walking dead writers were brilliant, which they're not, (laughs) there's the idea in the comics that I don't think they've really fleshed out in the, in the show Mm -hmm. that Negan hates rape. Hmm. He hates sexual violence, Hmm. like pure disdain for it. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. If they, brought that in here because if Negan not only found out that that Simon slaughtered the whole community but raped the last woman standing yeah he would kill that whole group yeah like he wouldn't just kill Simon he would kill that whole group hmm. and it would be more interesting if now I know this show has a problem with showing pregnant women in in a in a realistic timeline but it would be really interesting if later on down the road, a season later or something, because it really doesn't take longer than a year for someone to give birth. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jadis has a child. Yeah. And she comes to Negan and tells him that it's one of the saviors. Mm-hmm. And Negan says, how did this happen? You know, maybe he didn't even know that they they were slaughtered. I don't know how that would happen for a whole year, but but yeah. I think there's something there that right. um, that they could explore. Yeah. Well, yeah. Either she was sexually assaulted or she was just humiliated. I mean, that's something that people will do. They're like, "We're taking all your stuff," you know, taking all your clothes, and maybe what she was wearing was something she found in the trash, you know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, she looks very uncomfortable wearing what she's wearing, not having any shoes, and sitting in garbage. Yes. And As she does she, because she is a garbage person. Yes. Yeah, that's the point where, I, where I'd where i be, I really need to get out of this garbage dump, you know? <laughs> yeah. Time to relocate. Yeah. So Jadis is actually talking in full sentences, and she says something to Rick and Michonne about it's kind of a, an odd time to be reminiscing, but I'll, I'll take what I can get in some sort of explanation. But she's like, I used to come here to find things to paint on. So she's basically saying, that's why I made this my home, because I was familiar with it, because I'd come here to get my art supplies. And after everything changed, I realized that we were the canvas. We could become something new. This was our world. and Or yeah. that we could become something new, and we did. <laughs> we could become pigeon-speaking, garbage-dwelling people. <laughs> we are the canvas. Yeah. They are the canvas. Seems like an odd choice. Sure. But at least there's some acknowledgement going on here that the way they were behaving made no sense. Yeah. And she also suggested that 
they're really either really strong or they have like bulldozers because she said that there that this place wasn't always like this it was sprawled right. I thought, out i thought that was a weird thing to say because yeah. it's not like anybody was looking for an explanation for why the <laughs> trash piles were high right. i just figured it was a dump that's what right. dumps look like right but evidently they wanted they wanted chasms of garbage and they did it <laughs> they made their garbage castle <laughs> garbage castle <laughs> I also had another thought. Was she speaking properly with with Rick and Michonne? And Rick and Michonne had no response to this, just like they had no response to her speaking broken English? <laughs> well, you could see that they were both looking at her very confused. It was clearer that on Rick's face was disdain. Yes. Rick, after Jadis gives her little speech about how they created this world for themselves rick is just like you did this this is because of you yeah (laughs) just no tolerance no no empathy and i do think that the right thing was for rick and michonne to help jadis however i totally don't i don't fault rick at all for being bitter i mean not at all no yeah yeah totally understandable yeah i mean Yeah, he was almost killed by them multiple times. Right. There's that line, I laughed out loud when (laughs) she was essentially like, can I come with you? And he was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. Yeah, Rick Rick goes, nah, I'm done with your games. And then he turns to to, uh, Michonne. He's like, she can't help us anyway. Right. (laughs) In front of her. Like, she's not even there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is a great scene. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) And Jada says, please let me go out, as Rick and Michonne have pushed through the zombies with their car doors. Yep. And... Which seems cumbersome. (laughs) At least. Heavy, for sure. Yeah. I don't. When they were doing that, I was stressing out because I was like, I don't know how I would be doing this. Yeah, you stick it in one, and then like it. it that would be worse than holding a heavy blade, because mm. this you can't even tell what you're stabbing because you're behind it. Like it just made no sense. Yeah, why Rick fires a shot in the air, like not actually at her, but in the air, and then later when Michonne and Rick are in the car. <laughs> He's like, I shot over her head. I, I, didn't, I didn't want, want her to, kill to die. Her. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I didn't want to kill her. I just wanted her gone. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need to shoot the gun, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> right. She, Completely she was... unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What purpose did that serve? It was just to be like, I could have killed you. Yeah. Or to, was he trying to like call the walkers over to her? And if that's the case, yes, he wanted her to die. Right, yeah. I do wonder what she's going to do next. Jadis? Yeah, she obviously doesn't feel like she can go and connect with Rick after that. Right. Um, And, you know, Michonne said to to Rick, maybe what Carl, you know, it sounds like what Carl was talking about. Like, when we have a choice. Right. We shouldn't do that. She's right. She's right. And I'm with Carl. Yeah. And... I wonder, though, if this will come back to bite Rick uh, in some way, because where else is she going to go from here? It seems like she could just go to Negan. Do you think she's the one that shoots him in the stomach? Oh, man. Ooh. Boy, that's a possibility. She's like, I didn't want to (laughs) miss. Yeah, that... um... <clears throat> that could be a possibility. Could also be uh she joins them eventually. You know, she's sticking right. around. she is sticking around, so Yeah. Yeah, she might just join them. Yeah. So, uh do you want to comment at, at all on uh Jadis leading pe- the walkers into the meat grinder? Um I was actually kind of bored by this. 
<laughs> okay. It was really long. It was really long. <laughs> I thought it was definitely one of the nastiest things they've done in a while. Yeah, it was. It was. And the whole, like, meat patty thing was gross. Yeah. I, when it was happening, I was like, would it really mush them up that much to, like, a I grinder think- status? Or would it? they be, like, big chunks? I think that's how those sorts of things work. So, like, would it would it create metal dust for like transmissions and uh, bulldozer blades and stuff? Or I think it would just like cut them up into chunks. I mean, I've watched videos before of machines like that hacking up refrigerators and right. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like the result, like how okay. they come out. Because they came out yeah. like hamburgers. Right, yeah. That would need to be a really fine grinder in order to... I don't know. I'm just thinking about logistics of people getting grinded up. doesn't matter. <laughs> I thought it was pretty nasty. It was really nasty. Yeah. You, it was definitely one of those moments where it was like The Walking Dead was just like, all right, we got to do something really gross. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean... It serves that purpose. I felt like it served that purpose well. But where did that meat grinder come from? And how is it conveniently located there? And It's a dump. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, bet that's, I think that's why I was so bored was because it just lasted so long. Huh. And it was, it was just the same thing. It would have been interesting if she was, like, contemplating suicide with it. Yeah. I did think she was going to jump in after, but she didn't. Hmm. I kind of liked how it was, you thought it was over, and then it came back, and she was just lying there. Yeah. And then she went and she got some applesauce. Right. <laughs> which, frankly, I think I would have lost my appetite after yeah. that. Yeah, that looks a little too familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that Aaron's applesauce? <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> I literally just thought of that when you said applesauce. It's like, wait. Well, Aaron didn't like applesauce. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Did Rick have applesauce? Someone yeah, had applesauce. They, they offered him applesauce. <laughs> he was like, he I'm afraid of apple, or I, I can't eat applesauce. Or maybe he was giving them applesauce, but then like they wanted him to eat it. Yes, and that's he, what it was. He wouldn't do it to prove that he was that it was safe because his grandmother used to force feed him it or yes. something. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she she got it. She has yeah. no trauma there. <laughs> Evidently Apparently no not. trauma with with grinders either or sauce stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Yep. That's the uh, the end of that segment, and then we get the final segment, the Rick segment, which we've already talked about most of it, except for when Rick actually talks to Negan on the walkie. And I was a little confused by how he was able to do this, like just call up Negan on the walkie. Have we? Do we have an explanation for that? Where? No, I was thinking that he just like tuned into their uh, their channel, but you'd think that they would be spying on each other all the time if that was the case, right? Yeah. Oh, did they steal a walkie from someone? Maybe That's they... what I was wondering, if there was an explanation like that. No. Anyway, <laughs> Rick contacts Negan, and uh, he tells him that Carl's dead. And he wrote letters. He wrote one for you, and he asked both of us to stop, but it's too late for that. I'm going to kill you. So... In the same segment of time, Rick says, Carl's dead, and he also says, I'm going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And then Negan comes back with a surprisingly compassionate response, which is to say, like, how did it happen? Sounding genuinely upset. Was it us? Yeah. And Rick says, it wasn't you. Carl went out to help someone, and he got bit. Yep. And uh, Negan says, I'm sorry. I wanted him to be a part of things. That kid was the future. And Rick says, the only future is one where you're dead. And <laughs> then Negan, like, changes his tune. Because you can tell, like, up to that point, it's like he's trying to express 
some level of sadness yeah. or compassion. But then he just starts firing back at Rick, and he's just like, this is your fault. Carl is dead because of you, because you weren't there to stop him from doing something stupid. Who is next? And Rick's like, you are. And uh, he's like, you know, you could have just let me save all of you. Mm -hmm. I thought this was kind of a funny line. You could have just let me save all of you. That's why I killed your friends in the first place. And he says it without a hint of irony, without his usual yeah. swagger, like he's joking around. Like, he sounds totally sincere when yeah. he says it. Delivers it so well. <laughs> and then he just, like, brings it home, and he's like, you failed as a leader and as a father. Give up because you've already lost. Yeah. And that's where the episode ends. Yeah. So, first of all, shout out to Jeffrey Dean Morgan. For being so incredible. Like, this scene was everything I wanted for... This, this. Okay, this episode was everything I wanted from Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan in this series. This director should have been directing Negan the whole time. Because he mm-hmm. nailed it with Simon. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Even yeah. the swagger. Even, like... It wasn't over the top. It was very tasteful, very well mm. done, but still menacing. But still, kind of like you, you get the, you get the the, the sense that he th- he really believes that what he's doing is right. Right. Everything about the way that Jeffrey Dean Morgan commits to this is brilliant. Mm. However, Andrew Lincoln Lincoln has some really crappy lines in this this. Uh, phone conversation the 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 walkie-talkie conversation the like uh who's gonna be the next to die you are <laughs> like stuff <laughs> like that while he's grieving and while he's you know it's understandable that he's still you know um really upset at negan you'd think that there'd be a little bit more of a dialogue hmm. you know like if well, he I... sensed if yeah if if Rick sensed that that Negan was kind of compassionate about about uh, um, Carl, what I would have done, I would have taken that opportunity to manipulate that for my benefit. Well, I mean, I felt like I thought Andrew Lincoln did a great job. I liked the UR line, and. I felt like it was the kind of response that made sense because if a guy that had done the things that Negan had done to me was trying to show compassion for my son, I would get really ticked off because I'd be like, how dare you like try to act sad about my kid? Like, you know, and to, to, to say like, oh, I wanted to him to be a part of like my world, my future, you know? It's it's like saying I wanted to basically take mm-hmm. take take him mm-hmm. and I would I would I would think I would almost feel offended by his compassion because I feel like it would be a compassion born out of him wanting to convert my son into a tool for his world. Yeah. And so I feel like And it is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Rick's rage is consistent with the rage that he's been feeling for some time mm-hmm. and would would I think be even sparked greater by his despair over losing Carl? Um, I do agree with you that if he was playing it totally smart, he would kind of try to manipulate the situation, seize on it in some way mm-hmm. to like I don't know, reach some sort of compromise or whatever. But I I get that given who Rick is and where he is right now, it makes sense. That he he would just be like. Rawr. You know, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, what they're doing here in a clever way is, I mean, I still sympathize so much with Rick, but they're definitely making Negan all, re- all re- seem more like level headed. He's the one that doesn't want to kill anybody. You know, he's the one telling Simon to just do his job and, yep. you know, we're saving everybody. And Rick is the one that's really on the war path, you know, right, right. And the one who leaves Jadis to die. And yeah. Yeah, they're so, showing a, an incredible uh, juxtaposition. 
it's getting yeah things are getting more complex which is good yep yeah Com- complex without the ambiguity like they're really <laughs> showing it mm-hmm. um great directing in this episode i've been meaning to check who directed it and what he's done because i want to see more by him yeah let me try looking it up right now you know what would make me happy is if it was angela kang yeah right while i'm looking that up do you want to give uh a numerical rating yeah um okay this episode was good not great not perfect so i'll give it Seven keeps coming to mind. So mm-hmm. I think I'll settle on seven. I had some issues with the Enid stuff. Um, I had I had some issues here and there. But overall, yeah. I was really happy with what they were doing. And I really appreciated the directing choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like this actually... Is fairly typical for us because I'm either easily easier to please or my idea of the the scale is just a, different. But I'm giving it an eight. Okay. I decided that like from the outset mm-hmm. that I just feel like it's the best episode we've seen in quite in a long time. Yeah, and I agree. With I that. I can't. I think I've given some sevens in the past, and so mm-hmm. it felt like in order to keep stay consistent, it needed to be an eight. Mm-hmm. And I do think the weakest element was the Enid and Aaron part. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I mean, I really wasn't uh, wincing through any of it. And I thought it had some excellent moments. And I I thought it set us up for more interesting things in the future. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was written by Angela Kang. Oh, wow. Um, But it was directed by David Boyd, who it says... Uh, he, he's best known for his role as director of photography for Firefly and the AMC series Walking Dead. So um, he DP'd on Firefly? That's what it says. You, yeah. you were into that show, right? Yeah, I liked Firefly. How's the cinematography in that? The visuals. Well, it's been a while since I saw it. I, I mean, it was a great show. Yeah. There's... I mean, the visuals in this one were really great. I loved that that shot, like the tight shot on Rick the whole time he's talking to Negan. And then all of a sudden it cuts out to this like expansive kind of uh, um, desolate field where it almost feels kind of like hopeless. Right. And yeah. alone. That yep. was that was a cool choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, it was written by Angela Kane. There was a lot of good writing in it, but then there were some parts that i was like this is bad yeah well to be fair i should mention it says written by angela kang channing powell and Corey reed so there's actually three she's three writers okay yeah let's hope she did the good stuff hopefully so yeah well hopefully this trend continues Mm -hmm. signing off over and out